Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Oh, hey there. Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm Joshua, your host, and we're getting ready for the draft. NFL draft is less than a week away, so we've got a lot of things to cover. I'm going to be talking draft strategy. I'm going to be talking my ranks, positional ranks. Let's go. I'm recording a video, so if you're listening and you want to see the ranks, I'm going to be saying who I'm talking about. But if you want to see it, check it out. There should be a video on YouTube as well. And if you can't finish watching, you can always pop in the podcast and just listen. All right, so guys, let's go because there's a lot to cover before we actually get into the real draft itself. wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, So... Just a couple of reminders, okay? So when you're approaching your drafts next week, right? And these are probably completely out of order. These are just a few bullet point thoughts that I was thinking about. Uh, Just remember, first round is for running backs and quarterbacks. Second round is for wide receivers. Third round is for some running backs, tight ends. Fourth round, fifth round, that's for the high upside people. And and really, most cases, as much as I like often wide receivers there, your best bet for somebody who's going to return actual production value is going to be running back in those later rounds, the fourth, fifth round. That's where you were getting, hey, even James Robinson last year, that's where you're going to get a guy who is going to get an opportunity because of injury or something like that to actually be relevant this year for fantasy, right? So if that's what you're looking for, that's what you want to draft. And very likely you want to flip them for something once they become anything, um, even if you can just trade them for a round in next year's draft earlier than where you picked that player because they're probably not going to return to that again unless it's a unique situation like a James Robinson, obviously. But So there you go. Just remember that. Um, don't get too excited and be drafting and be hoping that the wide receiver you take in the fifth round is going to do much of anything. The odds are stacked against them. It's more so that a chance of a running back. So that's just a way of approaching and thinking about your rookie drafts. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is just keep in mind that this class is not, it's not great. Okay. So, and if you're following me on Twitter at fusion FFB, I talked about this on there a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, we had officially, I, I, I made a tweet when we officially reached the, the stage in the off season, the pre-draft off season, that's the uh, pessimism stage, right? Realism stage when you don't want to trade those picks. So, look, four or five weeks ago, everyone was all hyped up, rookie fever. That was the time to trade your rookie picks away for value if you were going to do it then, okay? You can still do it. Just just wait. So that's when you wanted to do it. But about three, four weeks ago, especially three, two, two three weeks ago, everyone on Twitter at least started getting critical which is just natural because it's like we've been we've been 
looking at these guys so long, we start now finding the problems. You know, the honeymoon phase is over. You know, we were all excited about these these rookies coming in. That's the honeymoon. And then, then you start looking at them a little bit too closely and you start realizing that they've got some flaws. And then we enter the pessimism phase and everyone starts, you know, finding problems with this guy and that guy and picking everybody apart. So that's not a good time to be selling draft picks because people are thinking and starting to realize, oh, this, you know, half decent wide receivers are still going to be there later in the first. I don't need to, I don't need to trade up to get, you know, my guy because my guy may not actually be that great. There's like three others that may be just as good and, and so on. So anyway, that's, if you want to trade your draft pick, wait until your draft. Wait until after the NFL draft and then trade before your draft starts, like right before or after it starts, but preferably not when you're on the clock. Uh, at least try to open up. I think it's good etiquette to try to open up talks about a draft uh, a pick trade before you're on the clock. You know, don't wait till you're on the clock and then start messaging everybody. Um, yeah, you can make it known maybe. There's going to be always cases, and I've been in those cases. I hate it when I've been in the case where uh, I looked like I was that guy, but I had like two different people messaging me that they were interested in the pick. And so to be polite, I waited. And then they like disappeared for hours. And I'm like, well, okay. And so everyone's like, What's the problem? Hold up, you're here. And yeah, it looks bad on you, but I think in at least one of those cases, I did make a deal. Um, but if you can make it happen before, that's usually good etiquette. But hey, do what you got to do for your team. But just remember, like I said, we did go through that realism, pessimism phase. We're still in it right now. Um, but even that said, it's, it's more realism, like I said, than pessimism, because now we're really being honest with ourselves about this class, and it's not that great. It's not. There's some really, there's a lot of quarterbacks. And if, I know people are saying that they can't all work out, but no, they can't, but a lot of them could. They're all very, there's a number of very good quarterback prospects. And so we'll probably look back on this year, and much like last year was like the big running back draft uh, biggest we had had since maybe 2018, 17. Um, we're going to look back at this year and think, oh, this is the quarterback year. Okay. It's not tight end year and it's not a wide receiver year like last year uh, and some extent year before, but mostly last year. So the, there's a number of wide receivers, but they're not, none of them are quite as exciting as everyone is hoping they would be when we were looking out a year or two ahead. Uh, when we actually got up close, we realized they were all smaller or shorter or and so on and so forth. We're slower, so on. So that's uh, that's most of my tips for this year. Just remember when, okay, the point of, point of that is remember that they're not that great. So don't go, don't go paying equivalent cost. Uh, more than you need to. What do I mean by that? So last year, the fourth and fifth running back in last year's class was better than this year's second and third. 
that makes sense so don't go trading a uh the the fifth pick or for, trading for the fifth pick i should say thinking you're going to get a player a running back that's as good as where you could get with that fifth pick last year you can't they're not as good you should have got them last year but there's a couple half decent three top tier kind of guys um and we'll get into those in a little bit here but just just remember that when you're trading because I, a lot of people fall into this trap. It happened in 2019. We had the Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery year. And then after that, the running backs didn't look great at all. And a lot of people uh, were chasing guys. David Singletary and so on, right? That I didn't think were that good. And I said, sell them if you got them. When, as soon as they look good, right? Sell them then. And I've been saying sell Devin Singletary ever since. But uh, you don't want to make those trades. You're reaching. The other guy in that trade is getting the better end of it because they're getting an asset uh, that's going to carry over. So if you're going to carry, if you're going to be trading for futures, I would suggest going after 2023 picks. I'm listening to Debbie guys and so on. And there's a lot of good running backs, especially if you need running backs um, in 2023. I think next year there's going to be a lot of pessimism about next year's class as well, particularly running back. There's uh, some good wide receivers next year again, I think. And that's about as much as I know about it. I'm not a college football Debbie guy, uh, but I pay attention a little bit Some some guys who are. All right, so um, in, in the draft, because of that, because they're not great, uh, there are some options that are pretty high upside. And so this is just me kind of preparing. We're going to look at my actual ranks in a second here. But don't don't chase the upside guys. My ranks are not chasing those upside guys. So you're going to see ranks that have some of these players way, way higher. You're going to see the NFL draft some of these players higher than other players at the same position and not in the order I have them. Um my process is trying to help you avoid the misses. Okay. So I had, you know, I had Henry Ruggs wide receiver fit five last year. And honestly, he shouldn't have even been that high. But I definitely did not have him as high as others because I saw the risks. And so my ranks are trying to 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 moderate those risks. Uh at the same time, there are points there are places and this was my justification for having rugs where i had him where the upside you know if you if you squint a little bit you can see it and the upside at some point balances out with the cost to make it worth it but i'm not paying too much we have had this discussion about kyle pitts very similar the upside is fantastic but the value has to be right I, i'm not going to overpay for it that doesn't mean I hate him. Doesn't mean I think he's going to be bad. I just am not paying what other people are paying. There's going to be some other players like that. So just keep that in mind. Um, try to find that intersection of the 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 risk and reward. Um, that there is a point at which it is it's fine to go after the the high upside guy or the guy who has a lot of red flags, but there's going to be a good couple good things about him and maybe they get the draft capital and a good situation it's okay to chase some of those just don't make those your primary 
uh, targets, those primary things that you're trying to get. Let the value fall to you and then take it. So, all right, we're, we're going to get going here. So uh, let's take a look. So look, you're going to find this on fusionffb.com. So go to fusionffb.com. Okay. Go down, go to the, the menu here, draft rankings, and I have 2021 Verki draft rankings. You're going to click on that. And uh, there they are. And I also have this on here. This is a, just a little bit of a, a clip of a much larger ranking that will be coming out post-draft that has all the ranks. Um, it'll be a spreadsheet, Google Sheets, that you can copy your own. Uh, it'll have all the information here, PPR, Superflex. I'll have more off to the side here, my famous, not really famous at all, no one knows about it, um, <laughs> Gambler, Builder, Trader ranks where I kind of am building the rank from three different approaches, right? Tight end premium, and then some other details. You'll be able to see where they're actually taken in the draft team they went to. All that information all on here. But uh, you, even better here, you'll be able to sort by, if, it, if it's a single quarterback, you can just go by PPR and Superflex. There you go. All right, so that's that. I'm going to be looking at this sheet right here. So let's uh, let's blow this thing up and look at it closer. All right. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Might as well, right? Okay. All right. What's the time? Because we are going to fly through this, guys. Um, yep. Let's go. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback one. First off, I'm not a quarterback expert, but I'm going to believe a lot of the experts. And the stats show out. He's solid. He is super solid um, from what I understand because he, in this COVID 2020 year, their offense um, changed up a lot, missing players, and he still thrived, right? Uh, so, and they had to play a very different style and he still did well with it. So that's actually a very interesting thing almost in his favor. So some of the stats didn't look out as outlandish as his previous season, 2019, but it's very good to know that he was able to still thrive uh, even at a different system. So that's just, just adds to his flexibility and my confidence in him going into the NFL and still being good in whatever situation, good or bad, he finds himself in Jaguars. Um, so that's that quarterback one quarterback two, Justin Fields. I'm very tempted to take Justin Fields as my quarterback one for fantasy. I said it, uh, I did not move him up because even the metrics I do have on my sheet still do have Lawrence pretty high, but Fields has, um, especially if he goes to certain locations, he has some real high upside for fantasy points um, between the running. But look, Trevor Lawrence can run too. I'm so I'm told, and there's some evidence there I can find uh, numbers-wise. But uh, Justin Fields is a little bit faster. He actually, if you use my rookie vision tool, um, pull that up on the website under resources and tools. Um, 
actually compared very, very similarly to Robert Griffin III, which was not a comp I'd heard anyone talking about. Um, they're a little bit in a size difference, but uh, very similar stats. Um, I think Robert Griffin III had more rushing stats in college, but very similar across the board. And I, I like that comp. That's a great fantasy comp. Um, I don't think he is, I think he's a little more sturdy, hopefully, and hopefully, uh, doesn't have his knee injured and a coach that, uh, leaves him out there to get ruined. All right. After that, I still have Mac Jones in quarterback three. Did this, I'm, I'm again, this is pre-draft. So I'm fully welcome, uh, this whole entire, you know, rankings changing. Absolutely welcome it. Um, if, if Trey Lance goes to San Francisco, third pick before some of these other guys, great, fantastic. I'll move Trey Lance up. Uh, I really like him. He, uh, But Mac Jones, Mac Jones is a very good thrower. And I saw some people on Twitter putting him down, saying the others are all better. Um, it's a very tough case to say that that all of the other quarterbacks are better throwers than Mac Jones. I'm sorry, but it is extremely high on target uh, percentage, good accuracy. He pretty much broke the the QBR um, at a hundred percent Tanya kind of ranking. It, very very good. Okay, passing, throwing the ball, more of a pocket guy, and. Gets laughed at for not being super athletic because he's not running a four six three or five or whatever it is that Justin Fields ran. He's not okay, but could he be good in the NFL to run the ball to good weapons? Absolutely. So we'll see where he goes if he goes to a team with good weapons. So I have him skill wise as my quarterback three because I do think that's where he belongs. I. Like I said, think that can definitely change. Trey Lance is probably going to be the one that's going to move up and down. And, of course, when he moves up or down, it's going to move the others. But he's probably the one that's going to be actually doing the moving. Um, very young, inexperienced player. Won a really good season. He can throw the ball, but he also has that physicality. Uh, so I'm... I'm going to throw in some kind of things here for as far as teams that I think he'd fit well in. Um, I'm not a draft expert as far as where the, the picks they have and other needs and other players on defense and everything. I'm not an expert on all that. But I'll tell you what, as soon as the Patriots re-signed Cam Newton and started rebuilding this whole offense uh, and just where they were in the draft and all the bigger name quarterbacks that were ahead of Lance – Immediately, I started thinking the Patriots would love Trey Lance. Now, obviously, they'd probably love Justin Fields too, right? But I'm just saying Trey Lance may be obtainable for the Patriots, and he would be a perfect fit to train behind or sit for a year if you're worried about his inexperience or take over halfway through the year behind Cam Newton because that's a, a great mentor for him. Uh, very similar, I think, kind of player. So there you go. Um, there's one possible landing place. There's lots of places you could go, but that's to give you a feel for the kind of player he is. 
I really like him. Zach Wilson, uh, the, the wannabe Mahomes. There's a lot of things about him to like. There's a lot of things I think are overhyped and are not as good as they could be. And there's a number of good stats he has, but also some not so great things about him. So I have him here. He's probably, looks. some people are convinced he's going with the second pick to the Jets. And that sounds like a Jets move. And I'm not sure that that's going to change much. Uh, maybe he'll move up to fourth, you know, but I think that he is the highest risk among these players. Uh, and I think the team is taking that risk because they think he has the reward, possible reward, but I, I don't see it as much. I think there's just as much reward for your risk with Trey Lance. Um, the next tier, and if you notice on the picture, they're kind of in color. They're a little bit like colorized here, right? So the first two are in a tier by themselves. The next three there. So we have our top five quarterbacks you've been hearing about. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond are the next guys. Um, yeah, Kellen Mond, I could easily see going above Kyle Trask. Uh, a lot of people I've listened to really put down Kyle Trask. And that's fine because he has good numbers, which is why he ended up at six. But there's a lot of things they talk about that really make it sound not good. Kellen Mond, on the other hand, clearly has a pretty good arm. So he easily could move ahead. Um, I kind of struggled over that one, but that's a tier there. Davis Mills, even book. I heard some people really saying Davis Mills is an interesting one late. So maybe if you're in a super flex league and you're in the fifth round and Davis Mills has already gone, you know, uh, to a team with a good quarterback, maybe a Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something was a, a, a name landing spot that was floated over on uh rookie fever podcast, uh, swagging. And I think it was just, yeah, a couple of those guys. I can't remember who, who was on the show. There was only two of them. I can't remember if, uh, Dave was off or, uh, Finero was, I think it was Finero was saying Davis Mills would be interesting for him there behind Tom Brady, you know, because he's a prospect, he's a project. He's gonna, he needs a year and that would be a great place for him. I think Brady's planning on playing more than a year. So maybe that's not so great, but Anyway, those are those guys. Uh, I only mention nine here, which is probably more than need to be on this list. But they both meet thresholds that I thought were decent enough uh, prospects to to get on here. You can notice I don't have a name that you'll see in here, Jamie Newman. It, it, it just doesn't interest me, and I don't think there's that many quarterbacks that are going to be relevant taken. And so I didn't have him on here. If Jamie Newman goes in like the second round, I'll probably have to find a place for him on here. For now, I don't. All right, running backs, fun, fun, not running backs. Okay, so Najee Harris, right? The clear, I think, alpha in this draft. Now, a lot of people think Travis Etienne has a higher ceiling and so on. I understand. You'll see they're in the same tier for me. I have a top tier of two running backs, not three like a lot of. So Travis Etienne is a very good running back, but Najee Harris is a classic prototypical NFL running back. He's big, he's powerful, and and he's proven he can catch the ball. He's taken over target share uh, in his, his last year with like 43 uh, receptions or something like that. I can't remember if it was targets. I think it was receptions. 
we don't really usually track targets in college, so it was probably receptions. Najee Harris, um, I he he's old is what you'll hear, and he is. He went back another year. He would have probably been my running back four or five last year. It would have been tight um, with him and Dobbins. I think Dobbins was my four, and pre-draft I'm saying, and Clyde Edward was my five, right? He he would not have been and still obviously is not behind Cam, uh, ahead of Cam Akers or Swift and Jonathan Taylor. Definitely not. And now you'd have to ask yourself if he's if he'd even be ahead of Antonio Gibson and Jonathan uh, and James Robinson, right? So, but as far as where we were at this point last year, if he had come out with my same process, right? I can I can pull it up on my sheet. Same process, same scoring, same metrics. Um, just looking at these two years, past two years combined, the 20, 20, and 21 class. And he would not have been above the fourth, probably the fifth. Okay. Probably would have bumped Clyde Edwards Hilaire down to the sixth in the pre-draft. So that just gives you a little bit of comparison. Like I said, the second and third in this class are not better than the fourth and fifth. In fact, like the, the number one isn't even better, but that said, he's a solid guy. He's kind of a... I heard someone say Todd Gurley recently, and that was actually pretty interesting. He's not as fast, I don't think, as Todd Gurley, um, and not as young. But he's that all-around solid, powerful back. Simple. So Najee Harris, very close comparison to James James Conner. So James Conner, uh, obviously, to the Steelers, would be a great landing spot for Harris. And if you've checked out my running back uh, landing spot matrix, Steelers and Falcons scored out as the top two. And they are absolutely two places that would like a Harris because he's like James Conner and he's like Todd Gurley. And we've seen both of those players in both of those places, uh, which is just entirely coincidental. Um, I, I wasn't a force comparison in any way and then yeah so the, the Najee Harris any of those places he is worth being a top pick it's just a matter of whether you want to take him before the number one wide receiver and where he fits in with the quarterbacks but he's to me the most uh sure running back to return investment year one period okay now I could say that I don't think he's as good as Trent Richardson was. And because people have a skewed view of history, they're going to think that's a really bad thing. Hey, Trent Richardson has a really good first year. He returned value. You were able to trade him the following year for stuff just as much as you spent on him. Plus you got all his points. He had a solid rookie season. Okay. It was the next year he dropped off. People will think of Trent Richardson as being a, a bust from day one. He was not. I had him on teams. He was good. Okay. Harris can do that at least. Okay. Etienne, more of a receiving guy. So I'm told. Here's the problem. There's a lot of things when I hear scouts talking about this guy, it's like they talk about him being a little bit scared or unsure. Uh, now I think he had like, didn't he have like Trevor Lawrence? See, this is where, guys, I don't know college football. So, I say these things, I hear these things, and then I just, I'm about to say it out loud and I'm suddenly un, unsure of myself. Um, but sometimes 
you know, if the, his quarterback, who might or may or may not be named Trevor Lawrence, uh, threw the ball at him too hard, right? He was a little scared of it. Doesn't seem to me a natural receiver, but he can do it. And he's a very uh, good runner, very catches and, and transitions into running. And once he's running, he's very good, from what I understand. Um, he, he bulked up, but still ran fast. So, I mean, even if you think he's going to lose all that weight, that's fine. He showed he can do it. Um, and maybe it would be good for him to bulk up in hopefully more muscle than fat. Uh, a lot of people said he was uh, just kind of puffed up a little bit for his his pro day. But he still ran at pretty good speed. Not great, but pretty good. So Travis Etienne, I think he belongs in this top tier talent-wise and uh, upside, right? Just not taking him above Harris. Now, next two guys, Javante Williams. A lot of people love him as an all-around back who can receive the ball. He split receptions with Michael Carter, who was more of the smaller receiving guy, but he had just as many, okay? So his production numbers don't look that great, but it's because Michael Carter was also there doing stuff. Treat that how you will. A lot of people think that this guy, he, he's, he's pretty decent size as far as his weight and BMI. Um, he's only like a 5'10 guy, right? So the thing about Javante I worry about is why he wasn't able to take the job over from Michael Carter more. But on the other day, on the other hand, he did take work from Michael Carter, just not all of it. Um, very good upside for this guy. If he goes to a Steelers or a Falcons, he could easily jump into the two spot. This is the nature of pre-drafts. Okay, guys. Um, I like he has good upside, all around solid back. I just am wondering if the pure ceiling upside is is there as much okay Chubba Hubbard here's the guy this is where the risk meets the reward for me um this is a he's taller he's a more of a track guy literally uh didn't run as fast though in his testing as you would have thought a track guy would but the thing about Chubba it's like he had such a great season two years ago did not play this past season and that's kind of part of the the, the issue um, uh, thing about Cheva is there's a lot of potential there. Okay. Plus he's done it like 2000 yard season to 2019. That doesn't just happen in college. You have to actually be good. Um, a lot of big plays. A lot, so this is why I like him. Okay. Big plays. He can catch the ball. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be part of his game, but it could be. And, he has the frame, he has the size, and if he bulks up some, and maybe he has, um, he could be a solid, real NFL running back. So I have him here in this tier because a good landing spot will make that worth it. And talent-wise, I think this is where I have him before we bring landing spot into it. All right, next tier, Kenny Gainwell starts off. And a lot of people have him above Chuba. Hubbard, a lot of people have him right there in that RB4 spot locked in. And I understand why. He had a lot of work. He took work ahead of Antonio Gibson in Memphis. And I just don't 
think he is an NFL size and style running back that the NFL is going to use the way that we want them to use him. So I could see him going to like the Bengals and being the new new, uh, Giovanni Bernard. Be a great place for him, right? I don't see him going somewhere where he can be the number one guy, the Christian McCaffrey or the even the Austin Eckler that we probably would like him to be. He's definitely in the Austin Eckler kind of mold, smaller, definitely very, very good pass catcher. Most of his work, you look at his rookie vision sheet, that market share receiving work is high, uh, higher than most. Okay, so that's what you kind of want to look at to see that uh, part of his profile pop, right? All right, so I, I just don't think that I can put him ahead to some of these other guys when it comes to consistent work in the NFL. But he is someone who could fall into more consistent work if things go right, especially in injury or otherwise ahead in front of him. All right, Trey Sermon, uh, and he's in a, Kenny Genwell's in his own little tier there, okay? Trey Sermon, Jamar Jefferson, Michael Carter come after that. A lot of people like Trey Sermon because he is he is like um, discount Najee Harris, right? He is big. He's solid. Decent speed. Decent. Like, he's just an all-around good running back kind of thing. I, I'm i not sure everything really holds up with this comparison, but it kind of reminds me of a Mark Ingram kind of, because even Mark Ingram, I think, was not as good as, uh, as a prospect as he was uh, priced, valued, you know? And, and he became a good running back in the NFL after a lot of opportunity was given to him, right? So I think that that could be where Trey Sermon is. He could be drafted highly and be given a lot of opportunity to be good in the NFL for fantasy. It's quite possible. So he's a name to keep an eye out next week in the draft to see where he goes. Uh, check out my updated uh, landing spots and ranks and that all be in there and noted about how uh, many points, extra points I gave him for that, basically. Michael Carter, small guy, receiving that this is a Singletary, Devin Singletary kind of thing. I, I'm i tempted to put him in a lower tier. I kind of think he's overrated, but a lot of people really like him, think he's a good runner. Um, there's a lot of good things there that a lot of smart people like, so I try to defer to them, all right? After that, we got Kylan Hill in the next tier. Uh, also, th- this is a really good third round kind of guy. Okay, remember in the intro, I said once you get into third round, you want to start finding these running backs that have a chance if everything goes right. Kylan Hill is a guy who could return really good value. He can catch a ball, he is a good runner, he is sturdy. Uh, I don't know why people aren't higher on Kylan Hill when I look at his, his, his profile. Um, yeah, good player. Jarrett Patterson, this is the little guy who just was given tons of work just rushing the ball. He's not even a huge pass catcher. Uh, so he's somebody who is a really interesting kind of pro- profile because he doesn't have the receiving work you would think a smaller guy would have. Uh, so we'll see if a, a team wants to use them probably gonna end up a lot of special teams that kind of thing but again could fall into opportunity and he as much as you know as much as he's a small guy the fact is he proved it with volume in college 
And so a lot of people say, well, he's too small to do it in the NFL. I'm not sure I buy that. I think if you did it in college, high volume, stayed healthy, I don't see why you can't do that in the NFL. Okay. Elijah Mitchell is the next one. He's a very exciting player, receiver, fast. Uh, so the, the, he is somebody to see if he lands in one of these satellite kind of places. Maybe, hey, maybe the Bengals for him, right? Something like that. Uh, maybe the Patriots, next James White kind of thing. All right. JV Hawkins is a similar small style running back, but wasn't as involved in the receiving game. He 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 is, can receive though. So he's somewhere between Jared Patterson and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, but fast, 5'9", small. He only was like 170, 180 or something. So he's not even quite a Danny, maybe a Danny Woodhead, that kind of thing. Uh, Deion Lewis is another comp I heard. So not many of these guys hit, basically. But interesting name. Look out for him. Uh, and then we go down to the last tier here. Puka Williams, again, small receiving back. Ramondi Stevenson is a bigger, but not that exciting back, but he can catch the ball. So this is a guy who could go somewhere. Ramondre Stevenson could go somewhere as a backup or even a bench running back. And somehow by week 12, find himself getting time because it's the NFL and zero running back. That happens, right? Stevie Scott, much slower than I would have liked. I was really hoping, looking at his profile, that he would score a test well. Was not impressive in burst or in speed score. But is a big guy who can catch the ball. He caught over 20 passes. His uh, I don't think it was in 2020. I think it was 2019, his sophomore season. He's still fairly young. He's coming out after his junior year. This is, again, Ramondre Stevenson, Stevie Scott. This next guy, same idea, Larry Roundtree. He's all-around kind of guy. He could fall into position, so you just want to know where these guys are going. Cahill Herbert is the guy that Zach Reed was thinking about when he thought, when, when I was talking about Stevie Scott. Um, Khalil Herbert tested actually very fast, but... He's somebody who couldn't beat out, who was it? He couldn't beat out like Puka Williams and had to and transfer it out to a different college, uh, which is what Zach Reed was thinking of about how he's very old. He's going to be like 23, 24 coming out. CJ Maribel is another one of these. Ramondre Stevenson, slow and catch though. Uh, not the kind of guys that I would be chasing, but again, Decent running back who can catch. I'll draft him in the fourth and fifth all the time if they have a, a decent landing spot because those are the guys that can fall into work. All right. That's it for running backs. How are we doing? How are we doing on time, guys? All right. We're doing okay considering. All right. Jamar Chase. He's my wide receiver one because he was incredible two years ago. Now, you can say that whole offense was incredible. It was. I've looked at the numbers. Um, All three of those wide receivers balled out. But, and Burrow was the quarterback, right? Uh, Right? There's that doubt again. All right, so Jamar Chase, uh, 
you're going to see a lot of comps. He's not as big as DK, but he kind of plays that kind of uh, stretching role. Just solid production, and a lot of people think that he uh, can do more than just what he was used as in the NFL. I have heard criticisms of him, however, saying that he can't do a lot of those other things and and so on. So, uh, but very, very high upside and, and just you want to see somebody do it in college and he did it. Simple as that. And he is a, a as close to unanimous number one wide receiver uh, or wide receiver one rank for a class as we've seen in a long time. Long, long time. Okay. However, in that tier, the top tier, I have Rashad Bateman because I really like him. And I know he came out and tested smaller, um, shorter and smaller in weight than it was listed. And then people thought he came in at the 190, six foot 190. Um, he did say he had been sick. He said he usually plays around 195. That's okay. Um, his comp, as far as the ceiling, is like a Stefan Diggs. He's that kind of player, too, in in how smooth, uh, how well he runs his routes. You check out Matt Harmon's reception perception was very favorable for him. He was winning routes, getting open, getting separation. Um, this is the guy who I think is going to go somewhere and be a sneaky. I, I want this guy in all my drafts at the end of the first round. This is my target, Rashad Bateman, because he's going as a lot of people's wide receiver three and four. Uh, I do see him up some, up at two sometimes, but there's so many other players, especially with running backs, still going ahead that Rashad Bateman still falls into like the 10th, 11th, 12th pick. Okay, so if you're a playoff team, this is a gift. He's going to fall to you. Okay, absolute gift. So um, this is a, I think, NFL ready. He's going to come out. He did it early in college. Um three solid seasons i don't know what else i can say love him okay the next two guys are interesting so next here i drop down where i've got rondale moore and a lot of people would want to have devonta smith in front of him and i understand that um they both have physical concerns okay so everyone loves loves talking about Devonta Smith. And you're wondering why am I talking about Devonta Smith? Because I said Rondale Moore is my wide receiver three, not Devonta Smith. Why do, he's my wide receiver four. So why am I talking about Smith? All right. Because, well, first of all, everyone was talking about Smith this week. BMI, size, oh, he's only 166 pounds. He, we got an official weight on him, right? We already figured like 170-ish. Um, listen, that is a concern. It is. I'm sorry, but it is. It's not my primary concern, though. A lot of people are acting like if if you say anything about negative against Devonta Smith or you're fading him, it must be because you have bad process and you're fading his low BMI. No, I mean, partially, but not primarily. Primarily, my issue with him is... um. He's not a late breakout, but he's not an early one. Not like Bateman, right? Not like Chase. No, uh, Smith had a very good junior and senior year. I mean, a pretty good junior year. Solid. If he'd come out last year, 
He would have been an interesting prospect. Probably would have been around that like Higgins, Ayuk kind of range, right? Because he had a good season, but he's he's small. All right, so that nagging fear would have held him back. Then he came out and he went back, surprisingly, for a fourth year, senior year. So now he's a late prospect. He's an older prospect, late declare, to not early declare. But he had a monster season, and he showed some really quality route running, hands, uh, just all-around dominance, even at his size. I can't deny that. I'm not denying that. He's my wide receiver four, okay? Now, why am I talking about that? And why does this have to do with Rondale Moore? All right. So the reason I have them ranked the way I do right now is because, to me, they both have physical concerns. Rondale Moore is 5'7", but he's a beast physically. He's like squatting hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Okay, uh, He's built very similar kind of to Curtis Samuel kind of thing. This dude's built. All right. But he has issues physically because we look at it his height and everything we say well he's not going to get used downfield so on and so forth okay meanwhile devonta smith he was very very thin but he's he's a long guy he has the arm span the wingspan he's six foot or yeah six foot so what i'm trying to say is to me the physical profile and concerns for both of these players cancel out I'm not, I'm not concerned, okay? Let's look at their production. And Rondale Moore had an amazing freshman season. He did it as early as you can do it, okay? Then he struggled with injuries. From what I can tell, they're not injuries that are necessarily going to be ones that he should, that we would expect him to continue having, okay? So with that said, clean slate coming into the NFL. I, I'm putting him and Smith pretty much on par when it comes to physical questions. But I'll take the early, you know, breakout ahead of the late breakout. That's all it comes down to. Okay. Devonta Smith is still this high because what he did do was very good. But I can't put him again ahead of a guy who did it really good, really really young um so there you go you, you can't complain about rondale Moore's size and then say that it, his size for smith doesn't matter it has to go both ways that's it end of that story um except i will say i have a new nickname i know people liked slim reaper for devonta smith i would like to propose straw man the straw man uh Half because of all the straw man arguments made by his uh, proponents, but also because he is so light, he must be made of straw. So there you go. Straw man for Devonta Smith. All right, Elijah Moore. This guy could move up ahead of either of the other two. Really, really solid back. You heard Zach Smith on this podcast. Go back and listen to that if you're wondering about these wide receivers more. Um, and, and when we get through the first couple of tiers on wide receivers, I'm just going to hit on some names. I'm not going to go over each each guy. Uh, we got to get going here. So Elijah Moore, really interesting player. Um, small, quick, very productive, and at a young age. I you, you can't find much to complain about with him at all. 
So I really want to see where he goes. Imagine he goes somewhere like the Patriots. Uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, there's, there's so many. He, he fits so many places. I just hope he goes somewhere where there's not already two good wide receivers ahead of him. I hope he goes somewhere where he has a chance to be the 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 two, at least the two, and maybe even the one. You know, and somewhere like the Patriots, uh, especially with how they use the the slot guy, right? He would be he would be the next great slot guy in New England. Now, obviously, they don't have Tom Brady throwing it to it, so is it going to be the same? I don't know. But there you go. Especially with other talent in New England, he could be the one for sure. All right, Terrace Marshall is the last guy I have in this big tier, this big second tier. There's a lot of good things Terrace Marshall did. Um, I, I've heard it said, uh, so the, the criticism against him is why didn't he do more, basically? Uh, and the return is, well, he got injured um, in the fourth game or after the fourth game of his his uh, sophomore season, 2019. Okay, And I caught a little bit of snark from people I respect a whole lot. Okay, Matt Friedman was high on him. And then, look, Zach Reeson uh, was saying that this guy had Terrace Marshall was keeping up with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase um, before he got hurt in that year, right? I don't know. I ran the numbers. He kind of kept up for sophomore, right? He was a sophomore. He did pretty good. Justin Jefferson was a junior, and Jamar Chase was was also a sophomore, though. Um, and Jamar Chase, his first game didn't look like much. Second game was good stats. Uh, he missed, actually, the third game. And then the fourth game just dominated. Dominated. Um, Terrace Marshall's best-looking game in that stretch is actually the game that Jamar Chase missed. Uh, he and Justin Jefferson had good games. And then, uh, so when you actually break it out to just the three games that all three of them play together, yeah, Terrace Marshall has a nice little 2.0 yards per team pass attempt, and then Justin Jefferson's up at 2.6, and uh, Chase is up at 3.5. Okay, so when I talked about Jamar Chase putting up the numbers... That's what I'm talking about, okay? Even more and over Justin Jefferson. thing about Marshall is then this past year, Jamar Chase held out, didn't play, and so it was just Harris Marshall. No Justin Jefferson, no Jamar Chase. I would have expected him to dominate. And he did dominate as far as workload and so on, but the actual production was not super high. It went up to 2.5 yards per team pass attempt, which is good. If, if you watch, uh, yeah, it, it's good. Pretty good. If you just look at, um, pull up, you know, the, the, the prospect database from uh, Spaceman Dave Wright and look at yards per team pass attempt on there and compare it and you'll see, yeah, 2.5 is, is very good. But it's not wide receiver three in this class good i don't think so it's really going to depend on where he lands um if it's going to change much he could move up a few spots but i don't see it 
He is solidly ahead of the next tier, and so that's where I have the tier break. But Terrace Marshall, he is uh, he is a bigger touchdown guy, which this class doesn't have much of. And so that is an interesting thing to his credit uh, as far as just being different. And now the next next guy down that you'd have to be comparable would be like Seth Williams as far as a big, big guy. Uh, a lot of these are just smaller, fast guys like I kind of referenced earlier. So, yeah, Terrace Marshall, end of that tier. Uh, I like, like him. He has upside. I don't think... I don't think he and Jamar Chase probably ran as fast as it, the Pro Day says they ran, but whatever. Uh, the, he still put up good numbers. Tylen Wallace starts out the next tier. Um, just a number of metrics that tell me I like him. Yards per team pass attempt and so on. Ahead of some of the other guys in this tier. I had really liked Diami Brown, but Tylen did uh, move ahead of him. But they're in the same tier. So... Diamond Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, more of a slot style guy, as you heard from Zach Reed, and uh, very good production from him. There's not a lot. I saw an, an interesting tweet that had like uh, positive and negative reactions on Twitter and everything. And, and yeah, it was like really high uh, both ways on Devonta Smith and Rondale Moore and that kind of thing. But there were two players that stuck out to me that like there wasn't a huge amount of like disagreement on like everyone just thought it was good it was Bateman and Amon Ross St. Brown everyone's just like yeah it's it's good there's not a ton of disagreement he's good all right now we'll get to the guy that a lot of you are like oh my goodness why do you have him all the way down here Jalen Waddle okay so look Jalen Waddle could move up a lot more than any other player possibly in this wide receiver list he could move all the way into like that second tier and I do think the NFL is going to draft him much higher than a lot of these other players. They might even draft him before Devonta Smith, okay? Because if anyone is that Tyreek Hill, you know, chasing the Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, white whale, it's Jalen Waddle. And the problem is he got injured after about four games last year, and then Devonta Smith uh, was left to his own. That enters into Devonta Smith's year because they, they play together, right? Alabama. So I'm not going to count that against Devonta Smith. At first, I was thinking I might, um, but the two games that two of his best games came in games that he played with Jalen Waddle. Uh, so Smith was still doing it, right? With Waddle there. In fact, he might have had as good, if not better, season with Waddle there. Uh, you know, because. Defenses can't stop them both kind of thing, right? So uh, it's to Devonta Smith's credit that he was able to do it even if defenses knew that he was the guy. On the other hand, Jalen Waddle didn't do better than Ruggs the previous year. He couldn't beat out Ruggs or Judy or Smith the year before. That's not good because that just means you're, you're Ruggs, Right. He's this fast, deep stretch guy, that, and so on and so forth. I, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to have him. This, this is the, the intersection of upside and risk for me. And this is where I it, it intersected for me, wide receiver 10. I could see him moving up as high as wide receiver 6 if he's drafted high enough and to the right team. Not so much right team. I'm fading that a little bit. Um. 
you have to for wide receiver. I mean, come on, A.J. Brown, right? So, Jalen Waddle, it's more about how high the NFL is on him. And that's going to decide how much real opportunity they give him, right? But don't forget, McCole Hardman was also drafted high. And so I fear he's just going to become a McCole Hardman. And McCole Hardman became, well, what I thought McCole Hardman would become. So, all right. That's Waddle. That's why I have him here. He had, did not do enough early in his career for me to justify moving him ahead of other players who did. Seth Williams, still young. Bigger guy, good production, all around, good. Just just a solid prospect. Uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out why he's not higher. A lot of people have him ahead of the others in this tier. And that's okay, because it's a tier. You can move these guys around a little bit. They're all pretty close. Um, then we start the next tier. The next tier starts with Kadarius Tony. Uh, the guy I do want to mention, he might get drafted high next week. First round even, some are saying. I think it's a mistake. Uh, didn't do anything until his senior year. There were some injuries in there in previous seasons, but I don't know. I looked at it. He played. He played. And he couldn't beat out guys like Van Jefferson, right? Uh, it seems to me he just got the opportunity uh, his senior year. There wasn't a whole lot of other competition there. It was him and Kyle Pitts on the same team, right? And Pitts maybe even opened up things for him, right? Don't know. Late breakout. Late breakout. And late declare. Okay. Um, a couple other names here that are interesting to me. Tamari and Terry was supposed to be big and fast, and he turned out to be... Fairly big and not that fast. But he is an interesting prospect to keep an eye on. Um, he he is in a lot of people. He he should be up in the tier above for a lot of people. Kay Johnson is another one of these uh, really good. Um, Stefan Diggs, Rashad Bateman kind of guys for me. Just did it at a lower level. Not a college level, but a lesser team competition. And just to a lesser extent. But a very interesting sleeper for me. Uh, this is a third, fourth round kind of guy. Nico Collins, very good prospect. Uh, profile, physically tested out, great. But, you know, production just wasn't where you'd want to see it, though. Like, I always wonder when you see these guys with amazing testings, uh, you know, 40 uh, time, first scorer, Vertical, all this stuff, right? Amazing, you know, testings. But then it's like, well, they didn't do it. And then there's other players that have all these these uh, production numbers, but they're late and don't have numbers. I mean, we don't we don't have a forty time for Delonta Smith. We think he's fast, but we don't. Sometimes I think some of these guys are just workout warriors, um, and that may be Nico Collins. So he did what he needed to do to get testing uh, well, but there's production concerns. Um, Anthony Shorts, small, fast guy. Um, yeah, there you go. Isaiah McCoy is your discount tall guy who had a lot of production. But 
um, small, thin, and did not test nearly as well or as fast as he should have to be a guy that is supposed to be a down-the-field threat, right? You'd think he should be fast. He didn't test fast. He was like 4-6 something. Yeah, not great. Jalen Darden, this is your Ashton Doolin of this year. High, high, high dominator rating and tons of touchdowns too in uh, less lesser competition. So there you go. Sage Sherratt, an uh, all-around decent prospect. Um, and rounds out with, you know, the throw it up in the air. I, I don't have names here in my last tier that a lot of other scout people have because these were names that my, my model really liked. And so this, even though no one else did, I threw them in here at the end because my model liked them. And Tutu Atwell is tiny, but fast. Just wanted to say that. All right. Kyle Pitts, tight ends. It's Kyle Pitts, and that's it at the top. There's there's no one else in his tier. Uh, we've talked about Kyle Pitts a lot. Go back and, and listen to past podcast and video if you want more. Brevin Jordan. I moved him into my tight end, too. Initially, I had Fryermuth um, based on uh, numbers production. But Brevin Jordan's age-adjusted actual like yards per team pass attempt, which is a much better, more predictive metric for tight ends. Brevin Jordan actually came out really high in that. And so I moved him ahead because that's what I believe in. And so I'm going to stand by it. Uh, he is your Irv Smith. And I remember when Irv Smith came out and I was like, this guy's short for tight end and he doesn't have a ton of production. Well, Brevin Jordan is short for tight end, but he has a lot of production. So to me, this is, this is, this is good. This is Irv Smith who actually did it in college. And that was my complaint against Irv Smith was you keep telling me he's really young and he's going to be really good. And you just keep telling me he's going to be good. Don't just wait for it. He's going to be good. I don't have to wait for it for Brevin Jordan. He's done it. He's shown me he's good, even though he's short. So uh, yeah, this is better Irv Smith to me. And Irv Smith was like the tight end three in his class or something. Um, yeah, I like Brevin Jordan. Good. Uh, I would say mid to late second, especially if you're in tight end premium to tight end, uh, you could start seeing him early second. Um, if he falls into, to the third, absolutely probably should take him. We'll come back to it. I'll pull up my other sheet there where I actually had it in order, Superflex and PPR, but I mostly wanted to look at this, this right here so we could see within positions. Um, after that, I have a couple of guys who I'm just relying on my, my model stuff. A lot of people really like Kenny Yeboah, um, solid guy. I, he had a transfer, I guess, but where he transferred to, um, he put up a really, really good season. Yard three team pass attempt and all that too. Just didn't do it earlier at a younger age, but there was also with a whole different team. So that might have something to do with it. Uh, so he's an I guy who I expect to be drafted before a bunch of these other names by an NFL team. And so he's going to move up. I just didn't put him up there yet because I'm going to go off my numbers. But Matt Bushman is this year's like Adam Troutman, lower level. Uh, he, well, I mean, he played BYU, Brigham Young. Um, but really crazy, like age adjusted, 
pr- production yards per team pass attempt um, at a young age in early seasons. So interesting to see if the NFL picks up on that. Uh, I don't have anything much else to say about the rest of these guys. So let's um, go back over to here and look at this. So we talked about these guys, right? All right. Um, this is ordered for Superflex. Okay. So I had the top three quarterbacks. Again, Mac Jones, that could change. Um, he could move down. Trey Lance could move up. And it's really figuring out where you want to take Chase and Harris among the other three quarterbacks. But I think the top two quarterbacks are solidly ahead of any other skill position in a Superflex. Okay. Um, for me, even in a PPR, I am taking Jamar Chase ahead of Najee Harris because Najee Harris is, um, he's old. And so yeah, I'm going to have a really strong year. If I'm a contender and all I really need is a running back, you know, maybe I would. Maybe I would. But Jamar Chase, gambler, uh, trader, and builder is going to take Jamar Chase every time because he's a long-term prospect who is going to be talked about as borderline wide receiver, top 12 wide receiver, uh, maybe not next year, but after that. So that's why I have him. It's value that's going to actually stick around. Okay, Najee, he he needs a really strong year to really propel himself into multiple years of success, but you're going to want to be trading out of him right away. You're going to get some points out of it and move on. All right, so then we have the other quarterbacks. You can see that I've got Bateman in here after any of those guys. As soon as the 108, usually he's not getting taken that early. People, A lot of people take Etienne, Pitts, and even Javante Williams ahead of him. Again, just like I have Chase ahead of Harris, this is what I'm talking about, guys. you got to put them in perspective. Um, we seem to care more about uh, availability of the running back than their actual skill compared to other seasons okay and so they're not the prettiest they're just the prettiest we have right these these three top three running backs they would not be in the top tier in another year okay they're in the top year tier this year because that's who we've got this year all right so accordingly i'm not now going to put them ahead of their receiver counterparts just because that's all I have. No, I'm not doing that. Okay? We weren't taking... Look, look. were we taking Dobbins before uh, Justin Jefferson and and C.D. Lamb? Sometimes, yeah. And that's where I, I said I'd have Harris, right? But were you going to take Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, before Justin Jefferson last year? I really hope not. I really hope not. And that's what you'd be doing, I think, taking those guys before Rashad Bateman. All right? Um, then we get down into the big tier. This is what I was saying. Round one is for quarterbacks and running backs or the very top wide receivers. And then second round is for wide receivers. Look at all the green here. I got my Chuba and Gainwell snick in here in the middle. Okay? Then that then you get to the end of the second, you can start thinking about those later quarterbacks, depending on landing spot. We'll see how that moves around. 
And then that's when you start wanting to think about these other running backs. A lot of people are going to have all these other running backs in the second round. I'm not. If they fall to me in the second, in the third, I'll take them. I'm not reaching on these guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? All these wide receivers are going to be better. Especially especially this tier up here. Elijah Moore and so on. Okay? All right. Um, and then that's where I stand for Evan Jordan. And now if it was a tight end premium, two tight end, uh, he would move into this area. Right? Uh, it'd be, I, I'd be hard pressed to take Brevin Jordan ahead of a Seth Williams, but we'll see where everything lands out. All right, so you can start to see the third round. This is where you Kylan Hills, Elijah Mitchell, Javian Hawkins into the fourth, right? And look, look at the fourth. Oh, this is where the running backs are. See, see, it all comes together. What I was talking about before, it all comes together. All right, guys, um, this was a long one. We're over an hour, I think, here now. But, hey, it's draft season. There you go. Hope you can break this up if you like and hope you got through it. Hope it was interesting, informative. Um, no, I, I I was not talking a lot of details. I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Shoot. Uh, this is just my process, guys. I bring a lot of information together. I summarize. I synthesize. I integrate. I bring it together into one, uh, one final thing. If you want transparency on how I get there, just follow me. I talk constantly about what I'm doing to, and what I'm thinking all the time. Um, uh, am I going to share with you exactly how the sausage is made, my formulas and everything? I, I can. I, it's not proprietary. I'm not, I don't care. Um, but it's not going to be useful. Okay. And I think I've shown out in the results that my process works. And I, at the same time, I'm transparent enough with what my process is and how I'm arriving, at least the the logic and the thinking of it and my sources, um, that you can have faith that I'm, I'm using good ingredients to bake the cake. Okay, So you're going to get a good cake because I'm using good ingredients. There, yeah, that cooking analogy. Good, there we go. All right, guys, uh, I probably missed something. I'm sure I did. I probably said the wrong college for somebody and the wrong quarterback, whatever. Uh, thanks for watching. I don't know exactly where I'm going to be for the draft. I think I'm invited somewhere, maybe, with the toilet titles, guys. I don't know. I shouldn't say that if I don't know for sure. But, uh, yeah, I might just hop on live or crash somebody else's live stream during the draft Thursday. Uh, but yeah, hope you enjoy it. I'm probably going to be getting, because I do all this stuff beforehand, it's ready to go. So as soon as we punch in all the results for the NFL draft, there's going to be some tweaking to get all of these nice super flex and PPR ranks to actually, you know, be sequential. And so I don't have like two 13s or something, which happens um, when you try to edit it. But uh, so check an eye out, keep an eye out on Twitter at FusionFFB. Check the website, FusionFFB.com. A lot of good stuff on there, guys. Tools, all the ranks. And then uh, after that, into the summer, more good stuff. So be checking there for um, the newest of everything, of whatever it is, the tools, the ranks. 
I'll try to be getting those out and updated as quickly as I can because I know people have their rookie ranks. Some of you starting right away, okay? But thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you next time. Um, hope your team gets all the great players that you want them to get. I'm hoping the Patriots, like I talked about, get Trey Lance. And then like an Elijah, oh my goodness, somebody else, who was it? I can't remember on Twitter. That was their, oh, it was, uh, oh, well. Trey Lance, Elijah Moore would be amazing for the Patriots. And even throw Elijah Mitchell in at the end of the draft. Oh, goodness. Oh, that would be amazing. They'd be all set. They got their tight ends, and then they got the little fast slot guy. They got a young quarterback who can run and throw, has a good arm. They got the little running back. Oh, phew. new dynasty. Let's go. See you guys.